Cam's good too. Local yeah, brand. And I do love that uh, for Boston people in the summertime when you drive over the uh, Tobin Bridge on a windy day, there's a good quarter mile stretch that just smells like hot dogs <laughs> because the wind <laughs> takes it right from under yeah. the smokestacks. That's terrible. <laughs> I, I love it. <laughs> I was like, ooh, hot dog mile. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if that's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. Today we're going to be talking about Trailer Park Boys. Trailer Park Boys has gone 250 episodes over 12 seasons on Showcase originally. Today we're talking about episode one, which was called Take Your Little Gun and Get Out of My Trailer Park, which originally aired april 22nd 2001 so to get things started i'm jay gags with me as always the guys nick gordo ferg and joe what's going on guys know what i'm saying know what i'm saying go back um, to happy days you funzy looking fucker (laughs) now here's a question before we start this for everybody is this a comedy Yes. 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 100%. I don't know if I tracked very many discernible jokes through this entire thing. I kept writing in my notes, it's is very this dry. Does this get funnier later on? It's very interesting. I'm not saying I disliked it. I'm just saying that it was not what I expected. All right, we find something Joe doesn't I mean, like for once. It's also a product. So, so the interesting thing about this show is it is, it is admittedly one of those shows that is tough up front it's a 20 plus year old show like this was probably recorded over 20 almost 25 years ago it originally um, aired 21 years ago right, almost and they, to the day the first part of this series that black and white part you see was actually from a movie they did and they kind of spliced it into the first season and i think the movie was done like two years before the show even started so who knows when they actually filmed this but far as i can tell it's like community access quality production and stuff like that so it's it's like tough to wrap, world yeah it's tough to like wrap your head around uh it, because it's it just looks so much different than everything else the quality of how it looks and everything and this is not a knock because i find it very charming and comforting is it looks like a canadian redneck clerks it felt to like do clerks it did a I that was that's the first a thing. fair assessment it yeah, really it is. feels yeah, like that right? the way it's shot and the, and the cuts it, as soon as it started i got a clerks vibe it was like the overall quality at which right. it was recorded does a lot of that and but before, it's like that it's like a canadian redneck clerks trying to do episodes of the tv show oz yep starring yeah. tommy yeah. dreamer because that dude looks like that era tommy dreamer tommy dreamer was definitely something that i picked up on <laughs> i want to get into this real quick before we move forward too um because i'm just kind of going by what i see when i'm just doing my initial notes so it started on a network called showcase which i assume is a canadian television station it's the it's canadian hbo okay and then it moves to Netflix for four years, and now it's on something called SwearNet.com. SwearNet is their own thing. They they started it, so like they have all their they have all the Trailer Park Boys stuff, and then they have a bunch of other original content. Yeah, they kind but of. I believe it's to still on Netflix too, right? The new it ones? is. Yeah, yeah. I watched this on Netflix. Thank God. That- um, everything after so the. From what I can tell, when John Dunsworth died, who plays Jim Leahy in this, the trailer park supervisor, um, when he died, 
It was kind of like a, all right, that's enough. Then they went into an animated series, or I'm sorry, an animated season. And that is supposedly the last of the Trailer Park Boys, that animated season. Who knows? They have stopped and been like, well, they, we're done they before. Did, they did but... that season of Trailer Park Boys just called Jail. And that was the last thing that came out. Oh, yeah, that's oh, right. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, it's, got, it's... I subscribed to SwearNet, which was only like $2, just to watch it. And then I canceled it. They have an abundance of content. They do like podcasts every day and stuff like that. I should get it. It seems like um, these guys have done like a real big cottage industry where there's like comic books, there are animated series, there are toys, there are episodes, yep. there are movies. Like they have really conquered. And before we get into the show, one last thing is these dudes for 20 plus years now have never been out of character, even on shows like they've been on like Jimmy Kimmel and stuff like that. They never break character. It's always them as their character. Like, very, very rarely will you see Rob Wells as just, like, Rob Wells, like, talking about the show. He's always Ricky in it. Or, I feel like that's you know, a bigger undertaking if you are Bubbles, from what I've gathered yeah, from watching yeah. the show. I was just going to say, if yeah. I go to a grocery store in Nova Scotia and I see Bubbles, is that guy just, like, I can't, I just want to buy some fucking cat food and he has to, like, pull <laughs> off this character? Because that's a nightmare. That's a living nightmare. Fucking well, funny thing is, is, he wasn't even supposed to originally be Bubbles. He's just one of the creators. And he only wanted, he didn't do any, he didn't have any acting experience. Get out of town. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can tell in this. It was like a very last minute thing where he was kind of giving the guy who was playing Bubbles tips. Like, you should do it like this. You should do it like this. And then they were just like, fuck it. You play him. And that's what happened. And I think they probably decided to have, what is his name? Mike Smith. I think his name who plays Bubbles, Mike Smith. Uh, I think like they decided he was going to play Bubbles like right before they started shooting. So you can tell that his acting chops are not exactly up to snuff. But he picks it, it up. It seems to He's work for them. him though because like even my parents are like, have you ever watched Trailer Park Boys before? Bubbles is so funny, right? Like so I mean like that character is That's so funny that your parents watch this show. Bubbles been talking about like, it for years. Bubbles gets super flanderized and like he gets yeah. better at the character but he just becomes like one of the main like, characters. Not, so He's not in this episode that much. I was going to say, from what I saw in this episode, you can't even flanderize this character. It's very one-dimensional. There's not much to it. But I'm glad, Joe, you said this earlier because the more we're talking about it and now the more you guys are telling us about the animated series, the comic books, the parallels between this and, like, Clerks and that whole Askew universe that Kevin Smith built now, are there's so many parallels. It's, 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 it's kind of crazy. It's crazy that and I never thought saying, about it. No, as much as saying that that one guy looks like Tommy Dreamer, he also kind of looks like Dante, too. So I guess you could make another parallel yeah. there. And you get a lot of oh, the same Julian? stuff too with yeah, it's that oh, very right after, 90s... after the time skip when he like triples in size. <laughs> he doesn't uh, well, look like him anymore. <laughs> well, that happens. Still Tommy play Tommy Dreamer, Dreamer then. <laughs> yeah, right. um, there's a lot of the same uh, stuff too with like the wasn't an actor or just a friend of theirs, and but um yeah, and for those of you listening, just to catch you up, Nick, Gordo, Ferg have all watched this show. Me and Joe are foreign to it. This is the first time viewing for the two of us. I think this is this a first where I've seen a show and you guys haven't? <laughs> it might be actually. Possibly. Because yeah. it's the this first is... show you've ever seen. So <laughs> this is the show we've done that I've probably seen the most front to back that is many Me times. Too. Like I, I, I've seen a lot of, you know, what we've done, but I have watched this series front to back maybe fifteen times. Like this is probably second. It's, it's going to be impossible for me. me to separate, but I'll do my best. With like 250 episodes of the show, you have like done it that often. Yeah, because it's, it's an such watch. an easy watch. Like it's just like background. And if you've seen it twice already, you know what's happening. So you're just kind of listening for bedtime and stuff. But 
But you guys get on me for watching The Office that often, and there's like less episodes of that. Yeah, it's just easy to get on you about things. But uh, yeah, let's get watching 1987 World Class Championship Wrestling when you go to bed like an adult. It'll definitely put you to sleep. <laughs> Nothing like an armbar puts you right now. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's get into the episode itself. So the show starts with what looks like uh, like home video footage. Nick, you talked about it in the beginning. It's just two guys walking down the street, and they, they kind of turn the corner, and they spot someone that they seem to recognize with a dog. Then one of them pulls a gun and starts yelling at the guy to release the dog and get away from it. And then that guy also has a gun, and there's like a brief standoff, and it just kind of results in gunfire. And then the two guys who were originally walking down the street are now just kind of <laughs> shooting as they walk down. And it was a very odd way to start this show because, again, just knowing what I knew from you guys, like, oh, the show is so funny, and it just, it's very dry. It's just gunfire. There's no joke there. Um, yeah, like, having never seen this show and not really knowing much about it except for like what the characters look like. It being in black and white and a guy with a pompadour shooting, yelling, release the dog asshole in black and white. I was like, this is minute <laughs> fucking half a minute. What is happening here? This is a Tarantino movie. <laughs> yes, this definitely feels like somebody with a video camera at like their film project was like, we're going to make Reservoir Dogs. For you guys trying to, doing your best to kind of release all of your knowledge of the show and just kind of going into this fresh. What would you say seeing just that first scene? I've never actually seen the first movie, so I it's confusing what it was and i thought they would kind of go into it in the episode i was hoping they would and they didn't i mean i think so it is confusing and like without knowing more about the show it kind of stays confusing because you need to understand that every first episode of every season is them getting out of jail and the last episode of every season is them going well, into spoiler jail. alert but yeah but i mean i mean yes and no like because it doesn't really but yeah. that's how it is. Every so like that's how they, ends with them going to jail. Right. So without having a season before the first, obviously, they had to get themselves into jail somehow. And this is how they did that. All right. So, yeah. And from there, we cut to the Van Allen Correctional Center outside of Halifax, Nova Scotia. And this is when we see, like, for sure that this is like a documentary style show, which I didn't even know about the show. Because that early footage looks like you say it's from a movie, but it looks like home movie footage. Or, like, found, like, it, for 2001, it wouldn't have been, like, cell phone stuff, but it it has that kind of vibe to it. See, I don't even know in the context of the show, if that's before the show existed, why would it be recording? Because I, I haven't seen that movie either. It's like a like, short film, too, right? It's just like a project yeah. or something. It's not like a big theatrically released film. Y or anything yeah, no, no. It's like I, something I understand, we I understand made. on the show itself, it, it's mockumentary, but it's just starting at the, like when we come in. So who was recording the shooting and stuff? If, if the yeah, show like going on yet. Like it was almost like just found footage or whatever, yeah. just to give you the backstory. And yeah, so you, you know that it's like a documentary style show, but, and it's addressed. And like, so they're knowingly like interviewing and talking to the camera. But there is no real word on why. Not to go too heavy, is that ever really addressed, or is it just you just kind of enter that thing? We do. Do we know why they're recording these they, guys? They kind of touch on it. The Julian Julian it. hires them for one reason or another. I forget exactly what it was, or if they even tell you. But Julian does hire them, and I think it's okay. because they're getting like paid to do it too, or something like that. Money was involved, but I know at yeah, the end I of this episode, it. there's a point where Ricky says to him like, "Oh, you're doing your TV show or whatever." So it does look like it's he's the kind of the guy in charge because even though Ricky's been interviewed throughout, he does refer to it as Julian's show later on. I feel like it can work though. Like you mentioned, The Office earlier, right? Like you don't find out who's filming and why for 
yeah you don't need to know on the office you just sort of get into the world and then um there's also a swear net movie that like it's starring the three like creators like ricky julian and bubbles but as themselves and it like i don't know how canon it's supposed to be but it kind of shows them like signing them to like to do it to do the show and yeah, stuff. Yeah, they get into they like the, the contract. Yeah, like as if they're not the same people. They have to get them to sign the contract. It's weird. I don't, yeah, it's strange. Like a meta movie. Like, right. Like exactly. I, I don't yeah. know if that's canon or not. <laughs> There's like the also series. a scene in that movie where they're at a hockey game and Randy, the shirtless guy, who I don't know if you remember the fat shirtless guy that's with Mr. Leahy. Yeah, the assistant. He falls off the balcony at a hockey game. And he's he's naked, and his <laughs> dick just lands on the broadcast camera, and for like a minute straight, it's just this dude's actual dick flopping around on the screen. <laughs> it's the weirdest movie ever. See, now, if that was in this episode, I wouldn't have asked the question, is this a comedy? I would be telling you right now it was the funniest TV show I've ever seen in my entire life. And uh, just to get into it, uh, John Paul Tremblay is Julian, Rob Wells is Ricky... Is this kind of all they are ever known for? Yeah. They I mean, do they, anything they've really? all tried to dabble in other things. Rob Wells, especially, you'll see him pop up in something strange every now and again. But as far as their catalog goes, this is number one for all of them. I imagine yeah, they're making pretty good living this, out of um, this if they've spread and, out um, so far. Mike Smith was the guitarist in a band called, in a band, The Sandbox. I don't know, Joe would be the only person who's. Maybe oh, and his ever brother Robert Smith was. <laughs> <laughs> they're like kind of like a. A Canadian Marcy's Playground, almost. Yeah, a lot of there's a lot of weird like Canadian '90s alternative rock happening. Where Bubbles was in a in that band Sandbox, and then like um, the main guy for this did a who like directs and produces everything. Did a bunch of music videos for like Len, who Barry Dunn. Oh things. no! <laughs> yeah, Can- Canadian rock. You gotta do that CanCon. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of weird music connections there. Also, um, so did you we- steal my sunshine? <laughs> that would be Len. Unfortunately, that is Len. <laughs> so yeah. So, anyways, uh, in this, we find out they've they both kind of ended up in jail from that shootout for eighteen months, and not, not bad for being in a shootout in public. No, Dick Canadian, <laughs> especially That's if true. they're like repeat offenders and are always going yeah. to jail. Julian makes it very clear that he's planning to clean up his life. He wants to stay away from Ricky once he's out. Ricky talks about how as soon as he gets out, he plans to go to Julian's and just party and drink. So obviously they're not on the same page as they're exiting here. Uh, I can't blame anybody up, after off two years in jail going getting drunk, right? Like that seems like such an obvious. Like I would eat food and drink. That's like all you'd want to do first. Yep. Or like say hello to your family and friends and give them hugs. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can eat and drink and do that at the same time. It's not <laughs> yeah. not mutually exclusive. Um. And we get to the intro of the show. The intro is pretty basic. It's just kind of just shots of the trailer park that they live in, kind of with like a sepia tone and. Piano music. music. Yeah, it's like n- nothing uh nothing crazy. It's it's fine for the show. I don't know if you guys have any opinions of it one way or another. I will say one thing I found interesting, and I try not to look up too much info on a show I haven't seen before, so I don't know more than I should, but one little tidbit I saw was that they filmed this the first few seasons in real trailer parks, but every time they did it, it was causing such an issue that like people wanted to go to these parks to like you know, like people were bothering people who actually live there. They eventually oh yeah, like check out the spots and stuff. Yeah, yeah they just built a set because they were actually bothering people who lived in these places. Yeah, they bought a small trailer park and did like the last few seasons, I think, in it. And before that, it was a different trailer park every time. They just go to a different one and rent it up. 
Because they probably were never invited to go back after. Yeah, after I'm sure the they burnt time. their bridges pretty quick. And it's funny too, Nova Scotia, not too far from us. Also where we get our Christmas tree from in Boston. Yeah. Nova Scotia, you can t- there's a ferry that goes from Portland, Maine to Nova Scotia and it only takes a couple hours. Like it's really close. Yeah. So uh, after the intro, we get a uh, the next scene where Julian is just walking down the hallway of the jail and he's kind of just telling the camera more about how he has no intentions to hang out with Ricky once they get out, which then cuts to a uh, talking head of Ricky, who's kind of finding out what Julian said. And he says, Julian can frig off uh, if that's what he's telling you, because it's not my fault. He says it's Julian's fault that he went to jail. And he's the one, uh, Julian's one who's always force feeding him drugs and uh, doing things like that. And he also goes on to say that the counselors told him that it's not his fault anyways, it's society's fault. <laughs> it's funny. It's just like, that's kind of like bullshit. <laughs> like, they they tell like all these fucking repeat offenders. If, if you, if you convince them, you. yeah, if you convince these uh, prisoners that they're inherently not bad, then they might be inspired to clean up when they get out. But if you, you know, give them. Ricky is just so simple and like impressionable that like he takes that to heart and he'll use it he also just like uses it in like his repertoire like because he's very street smart he's, you don't get a lot of it in this episode but he's very like he's not he's a very dumb person but he's really smart when it comes to like getting around the system and stuff yeah okay yeah because you don't see that in this episode or no not <laughs> you at all not get that in this one he also does the kind of like oh julian doesn't want to hang out with me well i don't need him either he, <laughs> and uh he says that Julian's the reason that they've gone to jail three times now. So this is not the first time they've done a stint in jail that we that we're learning right now. <laughs> I'm still a little thrown by only a year and a half in jail for your third time in prison, and, <laughs> and one they of go those to jail so many shooting at people. In right. one of their interview, I think it might have been like when they were on like Jimmy Kimmel or something like that towards the end of the series. They did the math, and by the end of the series, they would have spent almost 20 years in jail between all their stints. (laughs) So basically, as soon as these interviews end, you see Ricky run up to a cab that Julian's about to get into, and um, he's figuring he's going to like throw his bag in the trunk and join him because they're both going home to essentially the same place. But this is when Julian kind of reaffirms that, no, I'm done with you right now, and uh, he's going to stick to his guns, and he grabs... Like his bag, and he just like tosses it into the middle of the street. <laughs> it's kind of a shithead move. You're going to the same place. Like even if you don't like the guy, like give him the ride back and then break uh, clean. Just, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I just love when the cab's driving away. He throws his own bag back at the cab. <laughs> yeah, that's like the next shot is when he's yeah. inside because you get that perspective of you're watching Julian from you know from the front seat looking into the back seat. You just see that bag fly over to the to the trunk. Also, the, the, I mean, like I said, there were some, some laughs here or whatever, but I just love that when he's in the cab driving and he's trying to explain that he doesn't want to be friends with him anymore, he just, they drive by a woman and he just goes, geez, she's gotten big. Which <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah. 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 It's just tossed off so, so like nonchalantly. He'd been gone for 18 months. <laughs> it's weird though, because they don't have a lot of screen time together than this and at, in the end. And it's like a real disservice to like for a pilot because the two of them, like, together, like, the whole show. So you don't get a lot of their chemistry, Yeah, you do. You vast. separate the main characters for the majority of this episode. Yeah, I never really even thought about that watching it. Yeah, One thing I thought of as far as the characters is, and we've seen this a lot in shows we cover, it's tough when you're building a universe for the very first episode to try to introduce you to so many people. Yeah. And this episode is like, oh, this is, like, 
the two guys over here. This is this girl. This is her friend. These are like, it yeah, just, it's, it's, it's a almost lot like a divide and conquer thing. So they can get everybody in. <laughs> like, yeah. They could have definitely trimmed it, you know, and we'll talk more about the episode as we go along. Obviously we're still pretty early on into it, but yeah, they probably could have trimmed some of that stuff out to really focus on. I think you get a lot of Julian. You don't get a lot of Ricky. I, I bet the time is actually pretty equal, but I think you, you get a better understanding of who Julian is after this episode than Ricky. And from here, this is the first time we get to meet Mr. Leahy, which um, you said has recently passed, uh, John Dunsworth. R.I.P. Yeah. Yep. And he's the trailer park supervisor. And he's like, he's also now, everyone seems to be involved in this documentary, mockumentary thing. And, but like his camera is, it looks like it was attached to his car. And his way to interview is to look out of the driver's seat of his car and talk to the camera as he's driving. He's driving like Ace Ventura for his entire monologue, which is pretty yeah. awesome. And he basically says that um, Julian and Ricky are responsible for ruining the trailer park. And it used to be very peaceful and quiet until them. And uh, says what gets him is that like most of the younger kids there look up to them. You know, he's got kids flying around there, throwing bottles at people, growing dope, squealing tires, jumping motorcycles over trailers. And the list goes on. And um, he says he's been there for 16 years and he's seen it all, but... Um, those two, particularly Ricky, they're the worst. So of, of, of all the things that go on at this trailer park, they seem to be the root of more mm-hmm. of the serious problems there. Also, John Dunsworth is the only, as far as I know, one of the only classically trained actors on this show. Uh, he like Get guess, out of town. Yeah, he <laughs> is the only one. Uh, he owned a, uh, Joe, I think it sounds like you read the IMDb trivia also. The... Uh, he owned an acting school in Nova Scotia too. So I don't know if maybe that's how they found him or what. Or they went to him to be like, we're doing this thing. Can you make us look a little bit like we know what we're doing when it comes to acting? You can tell though, but I think that's great. Like if you have one person who can anchor this show, it also helps to go to show that he's a totally different character than the rest of them because he inherently acts completely different just by the fact that he's actually acting. You know what I mean? So we, it separates him out as an authority figure or as like a different part of the group, right? Yeah, even on like a bigger scale. Completely changes later on too. He like Yeah. He becomes just like a functioning alcoholic. Not to get like super ahead, but he's known for just being barely functioning. I (laughs) I am the liquor. When we talk about things where I just wish I didn't watch the pilot almost i wish i watched like season four episode that's dude one. i'm telling you I, before we ever even get into the green lights or cancels without me knowing how you guys feel about it you have to give it more because it, it i do think yeah. this is a good pilot but this show turns into such a fucking unique gem of a show that you don't really get to experience in this pilot so especially well, you well, joe who likes to like just yeah, speak sitcom, you would only you would quote die. this show. Yeah. Guys, yeah. we are we Continue. are skipping ahead so far at this point because we have hardly touched on this episode before we plead our cases for our final verdicts. But <laughs> um, I want to go back to what you guys were saying a little bit, having that one actor to kind of anchor them. You know, it's not uncommon. It kind of made me think about, like, you know, we did Roseanne a few weeks back and how she was she had like no acting experience going into that she was just a stand up but right. you surround her with people who know what they're doing and it you know it kind of covers it a little bit but they hired her though cuz she's funny. She's hygienic <laughs> hygienic <laughs> in the next scene we see Ricky trying to like hold up some kid for smokes and 15 bucks and he like just tackles him <laughs> to the ground and tries to wrestle it out of him until uh Leahy pulls up with some shirtless guy and uh they you know they they pull the two apart 
Um, in the conversation between the three after this kid walks off, we find out the guy with no shirt is Randy. Nick, you were talking about him a little bit earlier. And that's the assistant supervisor uh, of the trailer park. Assistant trailer park supervisor, yep. Not to yeah, be confused with assistant to the trailer park yeah. supervisor. Um, to give you the visual, he's just kind of like a middle-aged white guy, dad bod, khakis, got like a, a radio hanging off of his khakis. A big old no gut. For yeah. no reason. Gut, hairy chest. Not the kind of guy that should be running around shirtless at all times, but is the guy. Sure, let's make him itchy. Well, we've all been there. Now, how and young it, was this kid that Ricky attacks supposed to be? I couldn't tell it was if this so kid tough. was 11 or 21. It like, was I tough. was having a real hard time being like, how offensive or egregious is this tackle? Yeah, you couldn't see his like face or anything, so it was really tough to tell. And it seems like cigarettes are very much a currency here, much like a prison sort of... Um, I know. Trope. Cigarettes right. are big there, there, huh? That kid is just like, he's not a main character. He's not even a side character. He was just like an extra in this thing, because I don't remember seeing him. Again, I do like when they were all talking. Ricky asks Randy, "Like, what are you the like the assistant or something?" He's like, "Well, yes, I am." He goes, "Well, that's pretty fucked up." <laughs> I don't know why it's that fucked up that there's an assistant, but <laughs> well, it seems like there is a, a pretty decent amount of stuff going on in this trailer park, right? Like, there is a guy who just drives around brandishing a gun constantly. I imagine that you know you probably need some sort of uh, elemental force to try to balance it out. Um, yeah, it, it, Leahy talked about it not long ago, all the stuff that he sees go, like, he sees that goes on there. Uh, they from, talk about in this episode that Leahy's a former police officer. Uh, no, I don't, I don't believe so. so. Okay. I don't so think so. Well, I won't go into that. Later. Then. That comes then up way later. We cut to Julian, who introduces us to Trinity, who's Ricky's daughter. Um, at that point, they get into her age earlier. At that point, I, I clocked her at around six-ish, um, it, it I think later they say she's either seven or eight. Ricky wasn't sure. And um, Trinity and Julian tell each other how much they missed each other. And she asks uh, if Ricky's out of jail too, which I thought was interesting because she didn't say dad. She said Ricky. And then asks if Julian is going to visit her mommy. And he's like, um, I don't know, maybe. And they don't touch on it later. I feel like that's something that comes into play. That that I feel like there had to be something between, what uh, is it? Uh, Lisa, Lisa and Julian. I don't. I mean, th that's Sarah, my. Instinct. Sarah is Ricky's baby mama. I thought Sarah was. I mean, not Sarah, not Sarah. Lucy and Sarah Lucy. is Lucy's roommate. Yeah. Also, Sarah, the redheaded girl, is John Dunsworth's daughter in real life. Okay. The little girl. Um, no, not the little girl. The redhead that lives with Lucy. So it was strange oh. seeing this because it looks like they were setting something up. And right, that's the that's the vibe I got. That there was like Julian was doing something with Ricky's girlfriend before him. Like that's that's the vibe I got watching that. There's really no payoff to that, but uh, Lucy really is a whore. So <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. Okay. And uh so and then we get back to Ricky talking to Mr. Leahy and Randy. And it's clear Ricky has nowhere to stay, but he insists he can stay at any one of the trailers because everyone uh, there likes him so much. Unlike you two dicks. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the most Ricky part of the whole thing. Yeah. And uh, Leahy tells him that things have changed around there and uh, he needs to keep his nose clean now. But, I mean, for what we learn later, things did not change for the better. Like, when he said that, I was like, oh, like, since you guys have been gone, since you caused all this trouble, this place is really cleaned up. 
And then the whole premise of the rest of the episode is how much worse the trailer park got because of someone else. So it's kind yeah, of a weird like line. A, yeah. Trust, trust the enemy that you know versus the new enemy sort of scenario. You yeah. know what I mean? You're like, well, he's the dickhead we're used to, but this new dickhead's worse. So Yeah, but I feel like I feel like Leahy kind of hates Ricky and Julian so much that he's willing to deal with the new one just to see what happens. Well, he seems like he's pretty afraid of the new guy, too, though. Yeah, that, too. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they've Ricky and Julian are always dicks, but they're they're, you know, kind of unassuming. Otherwise, yeah, homegrown. I was gonna say dicks. they're harmless and don't carry guns, but the first scene we saw in this episode was them literally shooting guns at people. And um, after that, we Julian's finally about to go home, and from outside you can see it's a mess. There's like broken shopping carts and trash outside the door, and he said he let Corey and Trevor stay there while he was gone, and they basically trashed the place. Which cuts to inside where we meet these two, and they're talking about how great it's going to be when Julian's back, and how it's pretty messy right now, and they have plenty of time to clean before he's back, anyways. Which I was a little confused by that timeline because they're they're cutting to that. Like I don't know if that's supposed to be real time or was shot at a different time. It's very tough. To I mean, track the fact that the times. camera crew is there at all kind of blows that one up a little bit, right? And I mean, they're, they're, they're both just kind really of space dumb, cadets. and they have yeah. no concept of time. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Like he's, and, he's already out. And yeah, he, I mean, they're smoking weed off hot don't. knives. I was going to ask yeah. you, was yeah. that yeah. weed? Yeah. Was questions it, about that? It was probably oh, hash. Hash is like the big thing that they smoke there. Yeah, yeah. I was. And hash I was, is sticky. Yeah, I was getting a, sticky, a, a vibe, and I don't really, uh, I don't mess with stuff like that personally. So I wasn't really sure. I was like, I'll just ask if anyone knows what exactly they were doing. And I don't know much about hash. I mean, I don't know much about how they make it river but from what i've gathered it's almost like there's like a binding agent in it so it's like a sticky it's compressed pot yeah so it's is like it the, is it the it's stickiness like a, of the of the marijuana marijuana after gets, it, yeah okay after it it's, gets it's all like the leftover squished. product right yeah so exactly. it's like not and wasted it's like the oils that like are in it but it's like actually pretty it's intense like, prop it, yeah. uh per, per, process process yeah. <laughs> no you worries. have to like it, soak it in isopropyl alcohol it separates everything and then what Separates like is what you collect, and then you can pr- like Bill press Nye, it. The science guy. <laughs> I've always said it amazes science. me. I'm not uh, personally anyone who's ever. I've never smoked in my life. They call you Big Pot J. What are you talking about? Which is so weird it's because, because I that's because I make mellow. big things of chili. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but big Big Pot J was the best you could come up with. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> So uh, Ruff is your week, Ben. Yeah, he's a, uh, what do you call it there? A big pot J. Anyway, keep it moving. Next one. But, but what I always find kind of fascinating is, you know, you have your typical, like, uh, tropes about, like, what a stoner is and all this and the thing, like, the laziness and all these, all these things that kind of go with it, the connotation. You give even the laziest stoner, like, weed, and they will MacGyver some way to make that work. You know, you can give them no tools to actually get high with it. And they will they will fasten something and make it happen. I always find it interesting the ways that people, human beings in general, will go to find a way to get themselves fucked up. Like if you look at the process it takes to get tobacco from being a plant to being something you can smoke, it must have taken a thousand years of trial and error for boredom to figure that out. Well, like even how do you think to... to distill alcohol is such a crazy process that you just get blown up doing if you don't know what you're doing right? Like it's a, it's a long. We would we go a long way to get yeah. fucked up. Uh, just Nick talking about like the process of making hash. Like, think of how many failed like experiments happened before they came across this way that actually worked. 
many people and how many people died? die <laughs> yeah. um, a lot I you know what I mean like yeah. the first person who figured out crack or something you know like these drugs that you have to like do a process of taking a regular drug that exists and then adding chemicals to it and then see what happens somebody has to smoke that for the first time each iteration and I can't imagine that always goes well <laughs> yeah. bring oh, out the I, royal what if tester I mix it with this bleach stuff <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean I imagine that's the same thing too with like you know when you think about like the berries and stuff that we eat as well like there's always like that one caveman yeah we talked we, about this on the show before like that like you know you foods yeah that like you pick like one berry in the woods eat it and then you die and everyone goes okay well don't eat that one thanks greg you know and then <laughs> poor greg Poor Greg. It's always Me Greg. Meanwhile, the other guy got to try a like a raspberry. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, oh, it's pretty good. <laughs> moved on. Yeah, um, the same one, thing one with, guy got dingleberry. Well, I, I think in that aspect, you, I, I think a lot of people, <laughs> I think a lot of people got to watch animals do it. Whereas you couldn't really get an animal to smoke crack after the first time you made it. So like, <laughs> you got to put a lot of effort into it. Uh, and also, these two guys. Do you want to? Can you guys like describe them? They like shitheads. Yeah, they're like sh shitheads, and one of them looks like somebody, and I can never. Of course, now now that I'm on the spot, I can't. Think one of, of them's real like. name, Corey. Uh, Corey, I real think name is, is real name. Uh, no, one of them's real name is Michael Jackson. Um, <laughs> oh. But uh, what an unfortunate. Name. <laughs> they're essentially like what I would imagine, like dumber Jay and Silent Bob would be. More there, there's another parallel, yeah. Yeah, the way, I mean, the way I would think of them is like they're like minions without yeah. leaders. So it's like if let's say like it's a great way to put it. Yeah, l let's say the Joker's gang, the Joker goes to jail. They're like, what do we do now? Just yeah. like that's them. So they're just running around with their heads cut off until their like masters come back. You know, they I would say physically they do look like the time though, right? This is two thousand and one. They look like a bunch of kids like we went to high school with in two thousand and one, right? Like really long remember like really long jean shorts and sort of oversized t shirts and sort of like a hip hop clothing style or whatever that you don't see much anymore now, right? Like I don't remember the last time I saw a tall tee. I was thinking about those the other day. I was like, oh remember we used to wear those tall tees? You'd yeah, see that, that was early two thousands. Yeah, and now you don't see that so much. I'm sure some people still do, but I imagine it's like bell bottoms when they went out of style, where like if you really liked bell bottoms, you bought like 40 pairs of them before Bradleys didn't have them anymore because you knew they'd be gone, right? Like there's some guy with a closet full of like. Mom, we need to go to Caldor right now. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, get to the Ames. Uh, and then we, uh, as soon as like, again, they're talking about how they have plenty of time to clean up, we cut to Julian now walking through the place. And again, it's a mess. And uh, but you can hear video games being played in the background the whole time. And later on, when they actually when he does get into the room where they are, you do see like a, a Super Nintendo control. The the game they were playing though sounded like older, like the sound effects they were using sounded like a more like eight bit style game. But that's neither here nor there. And, I did um, like that when they come in, he's kind of mad because his house is all messed up, and the first thing he picks up is like a really fancy ornate standing brass ashtray. Like, the kind you would see in, like, a fancy steakhouse when we were kids or whatever. Like, I just love that they're, like, smoking off of knives, and that's what they're paying attention to. But they knocked over this nice piece of ornate brass that actually is an ashtray. Like, I don't know. It seemed like a funny touch to me. <laughs> they also had, like, that look like they were just caught by their parents doing something wrong. Like, you walked in the room, and they're just playing video games and <laughs> yeah. stuff. But, like, they're like, oh, shit, he's here. Well, in a way, they were. Yeah. They were caught by their boss, so... 
It's going to be a tough situation too, though, where you're like, hey, you can live here for 18 months and you know that you're just kind of like a burnout piece of shit. You're never going to like do anything that eventually that time just goes and they don't even have the wherewithal to try to like even half clean up when they know that dude's coming. Like they're so helpless that they just can't help themselves. Uh, this is also when Corey tells him like, hey, so like this guy named Cyrus has just moved in and there's nothing that they could have done about it because he has a gun and he's nuts. And I guess he just like moved into Julian's house while he was gone. Just some guy and <laughs> didn't kick those two out, I guess. So he just moved in with them. Yeah, they're roommates. Yeah. Which makes me think how many bedrooms are in that trailer park or that trailer. It's a double wide. It is double wide. It also has like an interesting like porch part to it. At one point he's outside and you see like an almost like an L shape come out of it. Well, you know, they yep. don't have to worry about hurricanes or anything down there, so they can I've never there. I've never been in a trailer, to be completely honest. I've never actually been in one. Have you guys? So at my work we have the not after the auto show, we always have the RV and trailer show. And some of these you walk in, because they set them up all in our main hall. Yep. Some of them are nicer than my apartment. Like, Oh, yeah. These, some of them are like... Oh, I've seen these, like, like rich people. Uh, like, I've seen cool RVs and stuff in my day, but I've never like walked into like a, an actual trailer that's like lived in as a home. Yeah, never as a home. I've been in like the one that they bring you in if they're going to be like, we're going to light this on fire and teach you how to get out of a smoke-filled room or ones that are like offices for like What the fuck do like, you do in your free time? <laughs> you forget how much Joe loves James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> he goes to, he goes go to, to a Bond trailer camp. that they light on fire? Well, his it's dad like a was a firefighter. Yeah, there's a thing they do for That's kids. True. You go in there. It's not. It's like controlled. You're not in there, and they're like, "Good fucking luck, buddy." Get <laughs> out just of set here. a trailer full of children on fire. All the oxen for in the parking lot of a fucking fire station. Like, hey, whoever wants to get out, those are the ones who'll run the country. <laughs> okay, well, out of context, it's very confusing, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> I, I apologize. In my head, it made total sense. As I said it out loud, I realized that that was an odd sentence to have come out. I've just uh, been in one of those. You know. <laughs> Okay, it's either that or like an auto body shop, or not auto body shop, like a car dealership, right? Like a used car lot has like oh, yeah. a mini trailer where like the guy sits and there's like just like a bathroom and an ashtray. We uh from this information we find out about Cyrus, we do cut to him and um he has like a little, you know, thing with the camera too. So he's talking and just to quote him, he goes, "Yeah, I moved into his trailer. Nice little spot. The way I see it, this fucking Julian guy, he lost his privileges when he went to the con college." <laughs> You see, I'm the guy who owns the trailer now. I'm running the trailer park. And if that big, tough fucking guy comes running around here, throwing his little bit of weight around, well then, fuck off. My initial reaction the second he started speaking is, I fucking hate this guy. And supposed to. But in, in a show where the acting isn't expected to be that good in general, he is exceptionally bad. Yeah, I it mean, felt like community theater, and like he was playing this fake generic tough guy. I actually think that's where he James Muse in this scene. He acts like James Muse acts in the first Clerks, when he has no idea like what acting is, you know. And I'm again, I'm not knocking any of these people. I can't act. I'm not saying it's, that they it's don't. more like when you're like uncle is telling you a story, and he's like, so this tough guy walked around, and he's like just being animated. It's like. Just play See, a I tough think guy. So, I think what an uncle says that even if you're like, I don't believe him, he believes himself. I don't get that this guy believes what he's saying either, right. though. It's just kind of mm-hmm. like very by the numbers, like, and then a little bit of weight around. Like, it's very, it's almost phonetic. Yeah, it's just, it's uncomfortable. He, I, his name is also, I think, uh, Gerard Robichaud. Um, he is like renowned as like the nicest dude in the world. Like, everybody on this show loves working with this guy. He's apparently 
<clears throat> fun to work with even though so he has to jump ahead but uh, just a question is he a recurring character later on oh yeah he goes yeah sporadically the though Spor- he, yeah he's, he's not always there but there he's long. there front to back like a pop is he up like it's like cyrus yeah. <laughs> you forgot about him because it's been so long is he like um i guess to like compare to another show like i was thinking of like always sunny is he like a jiminy cricket type of Sort of, yeah. That'd be a yeah. Good so, like a couple times a year type of guy. Yeah, but I mean, like towards yeah. the end, like uh, to- in like the later seasons, he's in every episode. Like him and uh, okay, him and um, shit. What's the caveman's name? Nick Kroll. <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, fuck, I forget. Oh, Sam. Uh, the, yeah, they oh, like Sam. they. Oh, it's kind of yeah, like Sam. a yeah, juxtaposition yeah. to the first season. Like they come back from jail, and and Cyrus is running the park again, and he's like in the whole season. So and yeah, so we cut back inside, and Julian tells the two that they let him down. Uh, they tell him there was nothing they could do. Like Cyrus killed a kid in reform school. He stole cars. He has a nine millimeter, and he, like Leahy's afraid of him, and like so like shit just changes. There was there was you know. Cyrus came in and that was it. There was really no stopping him. And they ask what he's going to do. And he said he doesn't know yet. Julian, that is, doesn't know what he's going to do yet. But in the meantime, what he does know is that those two need to start cleaning up. So he makes them start cleaning the house. Yeah, I do appreciate that he's like, at least, it's, it's an interesting, like, it's a straight story in that it's a power dynamic happening. But it's disguised under so many weird layers where like, it's like, oh, it's a power dynamic of people in a small town, essentially. Which is like a very standard story, but this is so fucking wild that it's like you forget what the even... So when he says things like that, you're like, oh, I get what's happening here. He's like asserting his power again. But you just forget it because the next scene is like, this is Bubbles. You're like, what the fuck is happening at this show? <laughs> uh, well, I think the the actual next scene is actually pretty weird in itself because that's when... Oh, this is the he- uh, you heavy metal dick scene, which was the other... The, good yeah, I got the, the convenience store. So, yeah, Ricky walks into the store and he tells the kid behind the register that um, I'm either going to rob you or you can just give me the stuff. And the kid's like, oh, you're Ricky, right? Yeah, you can have whatever you want. I don't care. And I'm like, okay. So I understand Mr. Leahy did say earlier that, you know, all the kids seem to, like, idolize these two. But And also, I guess the kid, like, what the fuck does he care, right? He just works at a convenience store. If he's being told he's either going to get robbed or you can give me the stuff, you're still getting robbed, essentially, right? This kid also becomes a very big part of the show. I was going to say, is that Phil Collins' son? Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's what I thought. Jacob. Yep. And um, everybody here has smoked before, has smoked in the past or smokes still. So he bought four packs of smokes at a time. We just got out of jail. No, no, I get that, but, like, if I go to the store to buy cigarettes, I'm trying to quit smoking currently. Uh, but if I go, I usually get like three packs at a time. So I only have to go every few days, right? Because I'm busy working and I don't end up at the store very often, right? Less sunlight, you know, less time you have to be outside. <laughs> uh, but like we also, a bunch of us here have worked at convenience stores, right? And people would come in and just like every couple of days would buy a full carton and you'd be like, whoa, like this is pretty intense. So did you, anybody here ever... Did you get any vibe from beginning four packs of cigarettes? Did you think that was just like a couple I days worth? Ab- I didn't think too much about the frequency at which he smoked. I just thought of his priorities and how dumb he is. Because the kid basically said, you can have whatever you want. And he asked for four packs of cigarettes and some flowers that were on the counter. And <laughs> Jay kind of nail point, on ahead that one. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't have anywhere to like live in like, maybe he'd also want a sandwich or like something like, uh, you know, there's probably other things that he could have grabbed like, a drink. Yeah, a cup of coffee, maybe. All he wanted was four packs of cigarettes and some flowers that he saw on the counter. 
Because all well, he wants to do is smoke and get fucked up. Yeah, he, well, he, I mean, he's also, not capable of multiple thoughts at once. Yeah. Well, also, too, you guys kind of alluded to it a little earlier in the episode that cigarettes are a sort of currency, too. There's a lot of cigarettes. Even yeah. as much as we've talked about it, there are times where it was brought up in this episode so far that we didn't bring up. Which is another like, clerks. It's of. weird because it's the only time I really remember him getting cigarettes of his own. He's usually mooches them off people. Well, he didn't buy he these. Just, he like they were he robbed yeah, them. Yeah, so. he, he robbed uh, them. Usually so. he'll just Corey and Trevor. I'll be like smokes boys, and they'll just always give him their cigarettes. And, and um, it, a whole thing throughout the whole show. As he's getting these cigarettes bagged up for him, this is when Cyrus actually walks into the store. He goes straight to the register and also asks for some smokes. But, you know, obviously it wasn't his turn yet because Ricky was still being served, whether or not he was paying for the items or not. So now they get into a little back and forth because Cyrus kind of came in rude. And uh, at like Cyrus is asking what the camera's doing there, but he was just interviewed like a second ago. So he's got to be somewhat aware that there's cameras in the area, right? I think that one could be, you could explain that one as being out of um, continuity. Like they could be, they, yeah. they've kind of spliced that interview yeah. in after they had met him. Yeah. Cause when he asks, he's like, none of your fucking business actually. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, you kind of get this like, Oh, you don't know who the fuck I am. He's like, you know, the name is Cyrus. And I don't, and he tells uh, Ricky, I don't give a fuck who you are. And then, yeah, that's uh, Joe, the line you, you gave earlier where he calls him a heavy metal dick because <laughs> Cyrus is wearing, like, a leather jacket. Um, and he doesn't look very heavy metal, though. The, no, not makes at it all. Funnier, no. You know? Yeah. And uh, Cyrus tells Ricky, why don't you go back to the bowling alley you came from, Helmethead? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I guess yeah, to talk about, I guess he didn't really get into, like, his look too much, but he does have that kind of, like, loud print shirt and, the like, pompadour hairstyle, so... Has that, I don't know, they come from, like, the two of them, I guess, kind of come from the same world, like, misplaced, like, I guess in a way, like, this modified 50s look that they both are channeling from. Except track pants, so he kind of looks like what Honky Tonk Man looks like now, where he's got, like, the butt-up <laughs> shirt and the big pompadour, <laughs> that he's just kind of out of shape with track pants on. And, uh, yeah, it kind of ends with just um, Ricky telling him, like, you're lucky I'm on probation and they both kind of leave cyrus also didn't pay for his order either and tells the kid to fuck off cyrus legitimately robbed the store whereas ricky was gifted, gifted yeah, at least ricky the, uh, was more polite stuff. about it yeah <laughs> exactly. i wouldn't say he was gifted i would just say that that robbery no, he was, was gifted made no, easier gifted. no well he said i'm either going to rob you or you're going to give me this stuff so you are so you're still robbing guy- him <laughs> No, because the guy didn't say no, and he took it forcefully. The act of robbery would be forcefully taking something. I think if you were in court right right now for this, and you were acting as your own lawyer, you'd be in jail in like two and a half minutes, Cordo. I don't think you have the case you think you have here. No, that's true. I'm just trying to say that it's trying to paint Ricky as a as a dickhead, but a a dickhead for good. Quote, I'm using air quotes here, but like a, a a superhero dickhead versus a villainous dickhead. A different level of aggression. Sure, that's a better way of putting it. Uh, Ricky, Ricky, I guess to, to explain it the way you're saying it is, Ricky is also not like a hero by any means, but he does not have any desire to harm someone to get what he wants. Yeah, well, He still Ricky's- wants to get what he wants and doesn't care if it's like, 
you know, a savory way to do it, but he would prefer to not choose violence as something where Cyrus walks in, you know, using um, those antics to get what he wants right away. Yeah, I mean, Ricky, Ricky and the gang do eventually become like the anti-heroes, like because they're not your your atypical what you would think of as like main characters. But, you know, this is just the beginnings of that, the seeds of that starting to, to plant. Got it. The, the germination, if you will. And um, after that, we get this new scene. <laughs> and it's an aerial shot of like a different part of town with this like generic kind of hip hop beat playing. And we meet J-Rock and Tyrone with uh, two other guys who they don't have their names ever listed on screen. So I assume they're not important or don't really come into play later. No, no. The two you named are the ones that matter. Uh, and J-Rock looked like one of those, um, like the original rappers from the Nation of Domination. For, oh, you Wolfie them? D and uh, I was gonna say, it's DJ Wolfie Ice. D. All right, DJ Ice. I couldn't remember that something one. I remember like Wolfie D. It's something Ice. It's fuck. JC Ice? I don't know. I remember Wolfie Shit. D. I don't know. Wolfie D always stands out. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, it's something ice. I'm positive about yeah. the ice part. Oh, Vanilla. <laughs> no. And, I uh, actually think he looks just like Dexter Holland from The Offspring. Okay. Yeah, I definitely um, get that vibe. If yeah, he was J a white rapper. <laughs> yes, Gordo? J.C. Ice Wolfie. Yeah. Ice Wolfie D. Was what was it? The J.C. Ice and Wolfie D. Okay. J.C. Ice and Wolfie D. And um, yeah, J-Rock, he's got like an upside down visor, oversized, open flannel, baggy pants. He one walks with a one cane. Of my but it's like a medical cane. It's not yeah, even it's like, like a pimp cane. Yeah. So that was my thing. <laughs> I didn't know if that came into play later. I didn't know if he was someone who actually needed a cane to walk or if he did it to look cool like it was a pimp cane. No, he did it that, to look cool. That's exactly what it is. He thinks cane. he looks yeah. cool. Okay. But yeah, it was like the it was like the candy cane shaped cane, <laughs> like yeah, like an old uh, man cane, yeah, an orthopedic cane, right? Exactly. And that's he's like he, he's like one of the funniest characters in this whole show. Um, you see all four of them walk up to Julian, and they're all on the phone at the same time as they walk up, and it's kind of awkward because they're all just kind of like doing this, like all right, pretend you're all on the phone together. Or not together, but all at the same time. And then um, they all give him daps and stuff one at a time. And they're all, you know, embracing Julian. And one of the kids in the back, I'm not sure if... Uh, it looked like he didn't know what he was supposed to be doing. So, like, when it went away from him and Julian's talking to, like, J-Rock and stuff, the kid in the back... If, if you notice, he like, he puts the phone back to his head for a second and then he drops it and he's like looking around. Like he, he had, they gave him like no instruction. The kid was just like floundering during this part of the scene. I didn't notice that, but that's a good eye. I'm going to have to go back and watch that because that sounds exactly on par. I do that. love people in the background who don't know what to do. It's like the kid grabbing his dick at the end of Back to the Future or whatever. They're just like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing here. And like forever, people just watch it and be like, all right, man. Classic jewels. I didn't know how like a lot of the show is casted. If it was just, especially because this is obviously early on, I didn't know if the if it was just friends or people nearby that so, they were just like, "Hey, just jump in here." The interesting about the thing about this show is like it's so community access that half the characters you see on screen are holding boom mics and doing shit when they're not on screen. Like they used everybody in all different facets for the filming of this for a long time too. I think one of the coolest things about this is 
this is the zero zero point one percent where people say like we could get together and make a TV show. It would be sweet. It'd be funny. People would like it. Yes. And it never works, but this one did. And I'm yeah. happy when it does work for somebody, right? Like, good we for you guys. We could get together and make never... a podcast. We'll talk about old TV shows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're the 0.1% of old sitcom TV podcasts that have worked. I'm really proud of all of us. <laughs> I would say um, for the people who do what we're doing specifically, we got to be in the upper tier, right? Because <laughs> I don't know pilot a lot episodes? of- episodes? Yeah. Um, I mean, but I don't know any other pilot episode podcasts. I'd come across a couple, but it looks like we're to give ourselves a quick pat on the back. I think we're starting to pull away from from the pack with those. But um, in any Suck event, it, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> so um, unknown bitches, take that, bitches, leave. Yeah. Um. So J Rock <laughs> and um, J Rock and Tyrone are telling Julian that they have bad news. And they start to talk about Cyrus and how he's controlling all the liquor and selling all the dope now. And now Julian isn't the king of the park anymore. Uh, To go back a half a second, controlling the liquor? I mean, this is not bootleg times, right? Like, how is he in charge of the liquor distribution going on? That's a good question. I don't know. What Um, what I thought about it was, like, imagine you go and buy... You always have a, a ton of booze on you, right, at your house. People who don't want to leave the park, people who it's past yeah, beer o'clock. That's essentially yep. what it probably is, yeah. Right. So you can be like, hey, I've got whiskey, I've got beer, mm-hmm. what do you want? Right. And then you control your pricing for it, or you can trade it for people for favors later. I imagine it's more of a yeah. like also, it also seems like a lot of people don't drive or don't leave. That too, yeah. Yeah, they're also living in a trailer park too. So I mean they're not like very well off where they'll just go down to the store and buy <clears throat> smokes or buy and um, probably some of them don't liquor. have cars. Um, exactly. But right, like, and we don't know how far they are from the nearest store, right? Like, I don't drive, but it's five minutes to walk to a liquor store in either direction. Right. right? And they so. also don't have what, like, they're liquor stores, but I don't know if this is all of Canada or just that part of Canada. They, they, they're they called LCs. They, they say it a lot during the show, like, hey, Randy, let's go hit the LC. And it's the liquor something, liquor cor- I cabinet. Uh, yeah, the liquor cabinet. But um, the all the liquor sales are run by the government there, so yeah. like you have I've, to go I've to been like to a few of them. The government runs store, maybe, yeah. Um, so maybe the prices are higher because of that. Who knows? It's almost like you know how uh, for a regional reference, if you go to like the liquor store in New Hampshire, that's right. State yes, run, exactly. Yeah, it's it's like that, but you can buy everything. You can get beer and everything too. So when we were in like Newfoundland and uh, PEI a couple years ago. You just go to these like really nice stores that also sell booze. It's it's much cleaner and nicer. It's not like your like neighborhood liquor store here. Ah, uh, so the LC, according to Urban Dictionary, is slang for a liquor store. In Canada, most liquor stores are run by the government. This is known as the Liquor Commission. Oh. So the context is, hey man, let's go to the LC and get a six pack. Yeah, and uh, we've talked about this before. We've all been to Canada, right? All five of us. So no, we've, we've all seen thanks for bringing it up again. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you guys come on up? We'll take the ferry. We'll go to Nova Scotia. We can tour I, the. Uh... I actually don't think I'm allowed in Canada. That They're probably might, not going to let you. That in, might yeah. be true. Yeah, I actually like that's not even like a joke. I actually don't think I'm allowed in Canada. <laughs> Hello, this is Mr. Burns. <laughs> I don't know who Gordo is. Joe, I mean, I, Joe, I know so. you're, a bit, you're a bit north of us now, but you're not northern Maine. You're 
you'd still have quite a hike to get there, right? No, not for Nova Scotia. That's what we're saying. It's okay. so close because it's just, it's over, it's yeah, across it the water. It juts out off the water, so you could get up Oh, okay. So, like, where Nova Scotia is, is super close to, like, near, you, you leave from Portland. I think it's, like, two hours. I mean, it's still a ferry for two hours, but. Oh, cool. Uh, the, I mean, the opposite expired. of that, to I couldn't drive go if to I Canada. to right now. From my house still takes about six hours. We did it a couple years ago, and it's still a pretty long hike. You're still in the car forever to get there, but the ferry to go to like Halifax is super quick. Yeah, later on in the series, they they do things between here and Maine a lot. Um. So, and just to close this out, this is Julian tells them that you know he's back now and he's not really worried about Cyrus, and that kind of closes out that scene. And then we go to uh, another Ricky interview where he's sitting at the bottom of a slide having a cigarette, talking about how he hasn't seen his daughter Trinity. Or Lucy, since he went to jail. Um, at this point, Lucy, I assume, is his girlfriend or wife, because they didn't really say it that. All we knew is that baby Trinity's mama, mom, right? baby right. mama. He said that um, they didn't have time to visit him when he was in jail. He was there for eighteen months. <laughs> they didn't have time to go visit him once. They do like dropping that hint, right? That obviously yeah. she just wants a break from like a clean right. break. And um, he he was not sure. I mentioned this earlier. He wasn't really sure how old she was, either seven or eight. Uh, but does go on to say, you know, it's a long time to not see your daughter or the woman you love, I guess. Like, so he says he loves her, kind of. And then we cut to Julian meeting up with Bubbles. This is the first time we see Bubbles. Uh, we brought him up earlier. Can any of you best describe Bubbles to me uh, watching him for the first time? And I know th- this character, I think, would probably come before it, but... He reminds me a lot of Steven Root in Dodgeball. Or also Steven Root in Office Space. Yeah. <laughs> if we're going Steven Root. Wait, who are you talking about? Bubbles. Bubbles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call. I can see that. He also, for a sitcom reference, the episode of Seinfeld where Jerry has to wear glasses because he has to keep a lie going. So he puts on a pair of giant, way too strong for him glasses. It, it was a very big parallel to that. Um, this character also like not knowing much about this show this is what i think of if you put him you before i watched the episode having never seen it before if you said what is trailer park boys this dude's face was what i saw first like this character seemed seems pretty present in culture yeah and i don't you guys would you guys would love bubbles he's a big wrestling fan yeah yeah he he plays the green bastard when he gets into wrestling mode and he just wears this green suit and body slams Corey and trevor but um i don't think they intended (laughs) see i want to see that where was that episode i know wait uh down the line but um i don't think they intended this character to be as uh, a big part of the show as he becomes i think mike smith taking over and like really developing the character is what kind of propelled him into being a more uh, prevalent part of the show. The sort of well, breakout was, star they didn't expect. Right. Well, he was the audio engineer on the show, if, I, if I'm if i correct. I for, yeah, he was some sort of production. I think he's yeah. the, the audio engineer for the entire show, and that's, like you guys said earlier, he, he kind of came in and was giving the guy points. But. I guess it makes sense, too, if he's a professional musician, right? And there's other, there's yeah. other shows where there's similar cases. As I mentioned Jiminy Cricket earlier, right? He's like a writer... Is it Jiminy Cricket or are you going Rickety to Cricket? It's Rickety, Rickety Cricket. Rickety right? Cricket. Jeez. Yeah, I <laughs> messed it up earlier. Why did you correct me the first time? I, I, I guess I at first did. I was like, fuck, am I wrong? And then yeah. you said it the second time in my head. I was Jiminy like, okay, Jiminy Cricket he's wrong. is I know from it is. Disney, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, he okay, Rickety we should have yeah. let it go. <laughs> Jay Petto. At least he didn't call him that. Uh, Actually, that sounds Jiminy way Glick. worse. <laughs> <laughs> 
don't yeah don't like that at all <laughs> oh it's just cannoli joe and jay petto holy shit yeah take that after years i finally get my revenge <laughs> Mr. Big Pot Jay Petto over there. <laughs> Jay Petto with his pants down at the urinal. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. Ooh. Classic. <laughs> So in any event, Bubbles goes on to talk about <laughs> Cyrus and how he tried to stop him from moving in a Julian's trailer, but uh, he kept sticking his gun in his face, and uh, it cuts to an interview of Cyrus showing his gun and talking about it, and like how his dad gave it to him when he was a kid, and that had seen a lot of action. Again, I hate this guy. I just... I'm not hating him for the right reasons. I know what you thing. mean. Yeah. It's the... It, He's it, it too... Goes- you know what it reminded me of? Um, it's when when we did the IT crowd, the boss. Yeah. He was too fake. It was well, like, you know, like you're playing like it's a play and not a, a television show, and it takes me out when you're that much of a character. Well, you know what I think maybe does it is um, it's like this guy doesn't swear in real life. You know what I mean? And now he's being... You know, it's in the script to do so, and he's just not comfortable being that kind of guy uh, yep. yet, anyways. So, and, and it just shines through. Like, it, I, that's I know what part you mean, of yeah. casting, though. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, the casting, though, is cast, people who are yeah. around. Yeah. Exactly. They got, yeah, they got who they could for their public access show. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, Nick. Though I think this is very much like a her boob felt like a bag of sand scenario. She like doesn't know what to say, <laughs> yeah. you know, and like that just comes out. And so, like Bubbles and Julian go on for another minute or so. But ultimately, what's being said is that no one likes Cyrus, and Julian is going to tell him that he's going to leave tonight. And for Bubbles to like kind of get the word out that he's going to be doing that, this whole scene felt a hundred percent improvised. The way that they were talking and reacting, and Julian kind of cracked a couple times on this one. Um, it felt like the whole scene was improvised. I don't know if you guys picked up on that watching it. I could see it. Um, um, a lot of the show kind of feels that way. I mean, maybe a ton of it's... this show is improvised, like more than oh, any show you'll ever see. Yeah, yeah, it feels like there's not a script as much as there's an outline. Yeah, as long as they like, anytime they do like, this is an an example, but if they do like big like group things with, like the park. A lot of it is just work off each other, all improvisation, right. and, and then like, um, it worked really well. And look at every Christopher Guest movie, right? Those movies are all amazing, and it's pretty much just like ninety five percent improvised. Uh, the next scene we see like um, Cyrus drive up in this red muscle car. I didn't pick up on what kind of car it was. Any of you guys better with cars than me? I thought it was a Camaro. I it was Cyrus Thunderbird. Yeah, Cyrus is a Corvette. It's a Corvette. Yeah. Corvette. All right, so Stingray, I think. So he drives up to Ricky. And um it's Cyrus who's now robbing him of the cigarettes that he just got from the store, which didn't he also just get cigarettes? I, I don't understand why he drove up to Ricky and holds him up at gunpoint to get more cigarettes. I think it's establishing dominance. The yeah. other option would be peeing on him. Yeah, but I guess also, if you only have that... two options, it's either pee on him or steal his cigarettes. Doggy but everybody dog, sort of gets along in this scene where Ricky's like, look, I've got four, you can have two. And then the other dude's like, yeah, I'll take two. Like, he's not like, give me all of them. Like, they come to a weird understanding where they're like, I've got four, you can have. That's almost sweet in a way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, during that whole thing, too, Ricky's like, what are you doing? There's cameras here and you have a gun out. <laughs> <laughs> and Cyrus really didn't care at all about that. And 
that's when they haggled with the two packs. After that, Ricky's going to finally go and visit Lucy and his daughter uh, with those flowers that he got as part of the robbery uh, in hand. And as he gets to the door, he's being greeted by Sarah, who's Lucy's roommate and friend who clearly hates him. And um, it's trying to cover up and say that Lucy's not there and that, you know, while he's been in jail, I've been helping her pay for the bills and stuff. I thought it was going to be revealed that the two of them were together now. Yeah, that seemed like the obvious. I either thought they were going to be a, a couple or it was going to be revealed that that was the sister, which made more sense to me for a sitcom, too. Where, like, oh, okay. The reason she'd hate him so much is because it's you left my sister. You went to jail. I'm helping her raise my niece. Oh, it's the, the Andorra, the angry in-law. I thought for sure it was going to be like, you know, like me and Lucy are together now. I was waiting for that line and it didn't happen. But um, during that whole exchange, even though he's being told that she's not there and that she went to the park with um, their daughter, he can hear her in the background. So um, so he finally is like, you know, manages to make his way back there. And that's when we see Lucy, who's, you know, looks about as classy as someone who would have a child with Ricky could look. I um, wrote in my notes here, though, kind of hot question marks. Are she's you yeah. she's, now? she's like, a dime. smoke show. Okay, right? so I wasn't wrong there. Okay. No, I, no. I have you don't, I have you don't down get too. to see her that well in this episode with the, the bad early cameras and stuff. Yep. And it's, a lot of the views are far back. She's a, a good-looking gal. Yeah, she yeah. is. And um, so the show actually goes off the air for a while, and like then it comes back after like the time skip we mentioned earlier. And some of them, it, it didn't affect. She's one that it very much did. Yeah, she she aged a lot in the time skip. She's also a Still captain. Looks good though in the Royal Canadian Air Force in real life. Oh, really? Yeah, throughout this whole thing. Ah, uh, yeah. And she's. You, you also see her titties in the movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks, Mr. Skin. <laughs> um, yeah, so like here she's so she's a blonde girl. She's kind of has like a half shirt on, like a black kind of sports bra type shirt, right? But yeah, no, she's an attractive girl. Uh much more attractive, I guess, than you would assume someone like Ricky would land, especially. That, that honky tonk man would be dating. But just yeah, within this world. Yeah, she doesn't, I mean, they do a good job of kind of trashing her up a little bit, but she doesn't quite fit in with the rest of the cast. She's got that Peggy Bundy, like, turned up to 10 look. Like, yeah, I, can see a, I can see a Peggy vibe there, yeah. And uh, when he sees her, he, the, what he says is like, holy shit, you look good. And, like, then they hug. It was like a really weird long embrace hug. I thought, I thought the way they were going to go with it was because she's, like, trashy and he's trashy. He was just like. He was going to be like, holy shit, you look good. And they were just going to start making out immediately. That's that's what I was expecting to happen. But instead, it was just this really big hug. And it cut from there. It's like, it's hard to go into without going into. But, I mean, she does love him, but he's so unreliable. Well, yeah, I think that's kind of where the next scene goes. Because now we're in the kitchen. And they're going back and forth with the fridge door, <laughs> which I thought was weird. Um, he's trying to eat from it. Right, yeah. So she's shutting the door on him. She doesn't and seem to care until he says, I'm going to be sleeping here anyway. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's what, I, so that's what I was trying to figure out. So I, I've said this in the past. So I usually will try to pull up a transcript so I can like, if I think I'm missing words, I'll check on what it says and copy paste if I need quotes. What that said was, don't worry, I'm not going to be sleeping here. Not going to be sleeping here. Oh, really? Oh, I could have oh, sworn yeah. he said, I'm going to be sleeping here all the time anyway. No. So, like, that. that's why I was like, did I hear that right? And then, because she says, like, you know, Trinity and I can't have you coming in and out of our lives like this. Just go stay with Ray. I thought 
it was because he said he wasn't staying. Like, oh, don't worry. I'm not, like, staying or anything. So I thought maybe that was her being like, then you need to leave. If you're not going to, like, stay with us, then you have to leave. I thought he was staying with Julian. I thought that was his plan. That was his plan before they got out of jail, and he heard that he doesn't want to be friends with them anymore. Yeah. His plan seems he's to be- floundering for, like, a place Yeah, it's to like an ever-evolving plan right now, yeah. Well, I uh, yeah, so- He's he's definitely trying to play the well, you know, I'm not gonna stay here. Oh no, you could stay here. It's been so long. Line. That's possible. Also, she could not say this line. She had one line to deliver here and she could not get it out. And I'm like, is there some sort of a weird rule with this show that like only fans know that everything has to be done in one take? Because I don't know why they use that that version, that cut of her trying to deliver the line. She goes like, um, uh, she, she really struggles to say it and it was really uncomfortable and I don't know why they used it. That probably was the best take. I think it's really good acting because it hurts her to throw him out. So she's dealing with the pain in her heart of saying, no, Ricky, you have to go. You cannot yeah. do this. <laughs> I, what I think it is, is the pain of her <laughs> trying to deliver a line <laughs> that she couldn't get out. Again, I feel like. I thought you guys were all going to like jump in and agree like that was so bad, but apparently I agree. No, I agree. Yeah. Um, I just I'll say they they get better, not so much her. Yeah, okay. she's yeah. I will say for me, instead of jumping in or whatever, it's just that I think that like fifteen to twenty minutes into the episode, you sort of dull towards it because everybody's like your expectations of the acting is like yeah, you, you're not expecting um like you're Emmy award winning performances, yeah. minute three you're noticing it minute 17 you're kind of just like okay well i get that this is what this is and you sort of just roll with it you guys gave us a little backstory with her do you guys know is there a reason like is was she also doing acting like in that area i don't don't think so i think it was just like they knew her and yeah because i couldn't figure out like if she can't act and she has a legit other career in the military going on why is she in the show especially if she never gets better at it also interesting story about her um towards the end of the series she does leave the series um and it's because apparently her and mike smith the guy who plays bubbles never really got along and then one day mike smith got some sort of uh domestic issue against him she used that to get out of her contract on the show and it turns out that the domestic issue was literally just him and his wife arguing loudly like nothing ever actually happened it was just like a loud argument and the cops got called and it got put in the paper because he was of some sort of notoriety and she used that as a way to get out of the show because i think she was contractually obligated she didn't like working with him she was kind of over the show and she saw that and just jumped on it and kind of dragged his name through the dirt in the process which seemed kind of shitty because i mean it was just an argument and like nothing total lucy move yeah he exactly it was like pretty close to the actual character but uh just an interesting tidbit about her character you guys think that like if he had the domestic and like the cops come he just like puts on the bubbles attire yeah i guess if he's in nova scotia when it happens he'd probably get out of it he's probably a celebrity yeah i i it, I just don't want to make a joke about a domestic assault. So I'm just I know, I know. It, it's it's interesting to me though, because like you would think, and I don't know enough about the the timeline or the circumstances, but for her to get out of her contract if they never got along, I assume she's not on her first contract at this point because the show had such a run. So if she's there from day one and had been there for a while. She probably had signed a couple at that point. So it's weird that there was all of a sudden this breaking point where she needed to get out that bad and found any excuse to get out because there were opportunities to just leave but she re-signed different contracts i would assume but we don't need to delve too into that and change the tone of the show 
so we can like move past it a little bit. You know, this is, is this where they go to, they just notify you that his dad's a drunk, but we're not going to meet him now, which is like the one yeah, moment he, of the show where they're pulls like, up to his house and this there is are like more loud characters, music. but you're not going to see these ones. There was a lot like loud music playing and from the inside of the house when he pulled up and just from that alone, he's like, oh, this is my dad's place. It sounds like he's drunk again. So the best thing to do when he's drunk is just stay away. I'd rather sleep in the playground tonight. Yeah, his dad is—he's always drunk, so it's weird that that's an excuse. <laughs> yeah, and his dad is like one of the main producers on the show, the guy Barry Dunn. So I assume he was probably just busy with the actual show at this point, and that's why you don't get to see him right away. Okay. I like this though because we mentioned in the beginning of the episode that they're just introducing you to so many people that I think there's like a good less is more here where it's like you remember that his dad is drunk and you never met him, so it builds anticipation to meet him later, but you yeah, have I'd to rather the one more person. I didn't know if that was something that they wait for a payoff, like he was gonna be like the unseen character for like the whole season that also they there are reference him. Already a ton of characters, so I don't hate that they didn't you know what I mean? Well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And even if this is an hour long pilot instead of a half an hour long pilot, like if they introduced more people, I feel like you're, you you lose some of the people. It'd be right? overwhelming, like, yeah. J Rock, I think, is somebody where you start like forgetting people because there's so many you get thrown at you right away. Right. And then from there, we cut to Leahy and Randy, who were using their radios to communicate with each other, even though they're about 15 feet apart. Looks like Randy's inspecting someone's yard or something. I couldn't they're see exactly. They're investigating some yeah. sort of malfeasance. And uh, Leahy then tells the camera that he has something. He has to do something he hates doing. He's going to have to get the cops involved because there's a potential shootout that could be it's happening. Involve tonight. the heavies. The heavies. Yep. Yeah, I didn't get what Randy was inspecting either. I didn't know if you guys had a perspective on that. No, I think they were just trying to get them on, you know, like we needed to start with something. Um, there's a later time. We'll talk about it later when Cyrus drives up to them and they're just like, we're cleaning a park. And there was no reason to start the scene. They're just trying to get them on camera to set up what's about to happen. And then Randy says, you know, that he thinks it's unfair because, um, Julian's on probation and he could go back to jail for a really long time. Leahy's kind of thing back is like, yeah, Julian is, but Cyrus isn't and Cyrus will kill me. You know, you got any better ideas? If not, put your shirt on and shut up. I do love that he tells him to put his shirt on because it's, I mean, I imagine you guys can jump ahead. Is he usually shirtless for the majority of the show? He's always shirtless. So it's nice to at least reference that somebody's bothered by it. Yeah. I was a little confused here because I would argue that Cyrus is more likely to kill you if he finds out you got the cops involved, not if you don't get the cops involved. So it's a very backwards, like, hey, I don't think you should get the cops involved. He's like, well, Cyrus could kill me. He's like, yeah, if he finds this out, which comes into play very soon after. But even as they're saying it, I'm like, this doesn't make sense. This is backwards logic. Yeah, and it would send away the one person that can protect them in Julie. And um, we get a Randy interview where he talks about how he doesn't agree with the calling of the cops thing. And he looks at the trailer park as a family and thinks that they should be able to kind of work out things internally. I will say in this moment, in this kind of scene, for whatever reason, I was like, this I think is my favorite character right now is Randy. There was the like an innocence to him. The nicknames some of these people give Randy are like my favorite parts of the show. At one point, J-Rock calls Leahy and Randy Starsky and Gut. <laughs> I'm glad you actually brought him up because J-Rock and Tyrone um, are the next people we see. It's a, an interview with them. And essentially, they're just saying, you know, like around here, you know, it's they're a unit and long story short is their whole interview is saying that you know the trailer park guys are together you know like they you know they're they're all together and you know if you're an outsider you're an outsider but they're all you know together 
I don't even want to try to quote J-Rock because I would do it no justice to just transcribe it. <laughs> just a lot of motherfuckers are being said at this point. Can you uh, can you quote it but in Bobcat Goldwaite's voice? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I cannot. If I send it to you, can you quote it in the late great... Um, Gilbert Godfrey? Gilbert yeah, Godfrey's voice. R.I.P. R.I.P. Gilbert. Yeah. That's a tough one. It was a tough one. Yeah. And then as I try to memorialize the man, forget <laughs> his name his in, in name. that moment. Yeah. <laughs> Gibby Gotti. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, it's um essentially like we you know, they gotta stick together like family and it ends with your jock don't stick together, but people stick together. Uh it was it was a weird I don't know. It's they're weird character. J Rock's a very weird character. So to try to explain it. the things he's saying. Um, without emulating it, or it's very difficult. And their yeah, group you know is called the Rock Pile, right? Yes, what? sir. Okay, thank you. I thought so. I thought I they were called the Rock Pile, which I did enjoy. Just as a one of my favorite bands is called Rock Pile, and I saw they were called Rock Pile, I was like, oh, I didn't realize that. I don't think they say it in the episode. And then, um, as I touched on earlier, now we cut to Cyrus driving up to Randy and Lady because he just heard that they were going to call the cops. And I was like, I guess news travels quickly here. And Cyrus says that, you know, he makes the decisions around here. When Randy tells him to back off, Cyrus says, take your hands off me, Sasquatch, which I thought that was like one line from him I really did like. I will say if I didn't enjoy Cyrus in the first half of the episode, I really enjoy him in the last half of it. The confrontation with uh, uh, Ricky. Uh, was it Julian? Who's on? Julian. I'm sorry. My the, stuff. <laughs> Yeah, this this whole scene here with the uh, park parkus authority people is super funny. Cyrus then goes on and let it be known that if the cops do get involved, he's gonna have to use his gun. And he makes Randy apologize to him, and then makes him kiss his hand. This is and where I loved him. Kisses well, hand and tells him to fuck off. <laughs> so and every time, great. every time Cyrus speaks at this point, he like every time he puts his gun up to Randy, he only does it while he's actually speaking. And then when he's done, puts his hand back down. So he just keeps yeah. raising his hand up and down with the gun instead of just holding it at him the whole time, which I assume was done intentionally for comedic purposes. But it, it was a little weird, but I, I see why it was it was done. All these people live a much harder life than you think, or like are harder in life than you think, because no one seems as affected by the gun as I'd like to think I would be, right? If someone was just like yeah. talking like this to me with waving the gun around, I'd be like, whoa, 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 everyone chill the fuck out. And it's weird because people hunt for their food where you live. That's true. Well, they are affected by the gun. They, yeah, they, also know it, they let him but... take over the fucking park. Right, but nobody's like running away from him ever. People are like around him and understand that he has a gun. Everyone's like, no, he's scary. He has a gun. But no one like rightfully like runs away from him or tries to super avoid him. They like let him walk up to him with a gun out constantly and no one's like putting away. Shot from back. Somebody yeah. was coming up to you with the gun. Would you run away from them in hope if they were like coming up to you specifically think about this to come and like harass you or whatever you're not going to run away because they're just going to shoot you no i'd beat the shit out of them because i'm super tough that's right that's yep uh also cyrus cyrus drives off and it it should be noted every time he drives it's the same like generic same song yeah doo-wop like beat like at every is that like a, a thing? It's that an actual song, on? and I can I can tell you what it is. I had it uh, somewhere. Hold on, you can keep talking. It's gonna take. Oh, it's an second. actual song. I, it's I was an under actual the, song. Yeah, I was under the assumption that it was like a generic free use song that was meant to sound like doo-woppy music. 
this whole scene reminds me of uh like when he gets in the car and plays the same song it reminds me very much of later era red dwarf when they would interject weird characters and they would always have like a quirk like that it's a song called I'm Old, You're Young by Rick Jeffrey. Okay. Oh, and it's, Rick it's Jeffrey. the only song that plays in his car for seven seasons straight. <laughs> by the rights so, to one so song, stuck, you better use yeah, it. Stuck in the tape deck. Uh, so now we're here, right? This is going to be the big standoff between Cyrus and Julian. And Cyrus pulls up, and all these kids in the neighborhood are like slowly walking over to watch it. But for this big gunfight standoff, they're all just kind of quietly like walking over. Like, <laughs> it... it it was very strange to me watching it happen. No one's like really reacting to it. And at some point, I think a glass gets thrown at Mr. Leahy's car. I was, uh, did I see that correctly? Is that what happened? Yeah, it was a bottle. It was this a kid bottle. Yeah, somebody ride around bottle. on bikes and just throw bottles at people. They were okay. mentioned earlier, but this is the first time you kind of see it. The bottle kids right. are prevalent. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Goddamn Canada goose. And then, uh, so they exchange some words about how, like, one of them is going to have to move. And Julian kind of flags the cameraman to follow him. And then you just cut to Julian throwing Cyrus's stuff out of the window. And it, you just, <laughs> Cyrus is going like, hey, that's reaction. my shit. Hey, that's my shit. <laughs> he doesn't do anything. And then all the neighbors steal all of it immediately. That's what I love. <laughs> yeah, the the, the second it hits the ground, yeah. they all just pounce and steal it. Yeah, it's like a bunch of rats if, like, food hit the ground. It it's was, just like a CRT TV and a bunch of porn videotapes. Yeah, well, it's like, this guy's a fucking gun, and he pulls it out every two seconds at everyone, and then this guy just starts throwing his shit out the door, and he's just like, hey, that's my shit. Like, so I guess you're starting to see cracks in the character, right? This is probably giving yeah, you- Yeah, all talk. Exactly. And then it cuts to, like, Julian back outside, and the two are face-to-face. This is, yeah, Joe, you touched on it. Cyrus says that uh, now he wants a new TV in uh, a VCR and he wants like his porn tapes replaced because those were like the creme de la creme. Um, I, I can only imagine what kind of porn he's watching. Do we Great take guesses? Porn. In 2001, I feel like the porn he's watching is the porn that we would get in 2001, which is like when you just stick your hand around the door in the video store and grab whatever you can to steal it. And then by by hook or by crook or by luck, I you get what you get. I assume that he's watching Beetlejism. Oh, right. well, starring Nikki Sicky. <laughs> of course he's watching Beetlejism. I feel like, yeah, early 2000s porn, that, that's all like heavily numbered. Oh, like, yeah, that's like bust a nut in grandma's butt, like, 69. It's like oral consumption's 12. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel like his level of class, it would be like Girls Gone Wild, volume, like, 6. Yeah. Like, I feel, yeah, I feel like it's not something funny, like Gordo, or, you know, trying to make a pun. It's just like, Beaver Patrol 7. Like, it's not <laughs> something that's, like, super, you know? <laughs> I like, um, I do like that, that, Patrol. <laughs> I don't know if that's, I mean, I don't know what's going on in, like, the videotape world of porn and, like, that kind of stuff, but I like the idea. Sure you don't. Especially that I don't buy porn. I don't think anyone, well, plenty of people do. It's, like, a billion-dollar industry. But I think it's it's funny to me that, like, these franchises will have, like, Anal Adventures 72, and it's, like, we got to keep the franchise rolling. <laughs> like, if we don't like, keep this name on it, is out I there didn't even being, see, like, see 1 to 71. <laughs> it's just, like, the idea that you need to keep that name attached to it. Like the content isn't what matters. It's the, it's the name attached to it is, is what, what's going to get people going. But like, you're watching them like the Rambo movies or something. Be like, yeah, you know, I don't know by Rambo four, it really doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. They're not, they're not even doing anal anymore. By the time we got to 70 something. Well, in a- every franchise, they eventually go to space. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's true. True. 
And um, yeah, so Julian tells him, you know, he wants him out of the trailer park. Cyrus tells him that, you know, he provides a service to these people and asks for a raise of hands, like who needs his dope. And then you just kind of get these awkward shots of all the people who are not actors just standing there. Like they must have just said, don't do anything. We're just going to tape you. So they're all kind of sitting there. And J-Rock and Tyrone step up to kind of let everyone know that they also sell and they're open for business. So now Cyrus pulls out his gun and he tells Julian that he's not leaving. And he tells him he's not afraid to use his gun. And (laughs) Julian's like, I think you are afraid. Uh, My brain tells my finger to pull the trigger and boom, happens just like that. And then (laughs) Julian grabs the gun, puts it against him himself. You know, while Cyrus is holding it, it says, let me talk to your brain then. Hey, Cyrus's brain pulled the trigger. So pretty <laughs> tough guy move right there. And he, he um, cocks it too. Yeah, he does. Yeah. That's and, one of those uh, moves where you're like, it would be amazing to pull that move off and to back the person down. But it's also the worst if the last memory you ever have as a living person is that quarter of a second where you hear like the clicking happen and you're like, oh, no, I went too far. <laughs> like, I didn't think they were going to do what I judge wrong. At that point, Julian's learned how to read him. And he's, yeah. actually, he's a very good judge of character throughout the series. See, so this was a question I had. Even having seen this show, the way Julian reacts to Cyrus kind of makes me think that this isn't the first time he's met Cyrus. Like, do you think maybe Julian knew who Cyrus was even before this? I think I don't he knew know. his type. I don't think he knew yeah, him I, per se. I think Ferg's right. I think it's more yeah. like he knew. He knows roughly who he is. Because no one challenges also, him. I can I also was, see them having spent time in jail together, too, though. Because that, they're what from I was the same say. place, and I imagine they're going to the same jail, right? There's just He never brings up, like, oh, I know who this guy is. There's no talk of that. I, I think, again, it's he knows That's the type true. of guy... All, all you hear about Cyrus is stories about the things he's done, but no one's ever seen it. So yeah. it's all kind of folklore. So I think he's just calling him out because no one's ever actually called him out. And then I like that once it's revealed to kind of everyone there that Cyrus is kind of a fraud and he's not going to actually do anything. You just hear someone yell, Cyrus, you fucking dick from like, in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> and like Cyrus kind of then points the gun out to the crowd and a bunch of people duck, but that's when Julian is able to get the gun from him with no struggle. He just basically just grabs it and takes it from him. Cyrus doesn't even like attempt to like pull back or stop him from grabbing the gun. That's another low key, like pimp move because he's showing, I could have taken this at any time and I let you fucking, uh, expose yourself. And, um, so Cyrus just kind of walks off after that. (laughs) He's like, I didn't want to be here anyways. Like forget this place. Very anticlimactic. Yeah, it just kind of ends. He just walks off. And Mr. Leahy then thanks um, Julian for getting rid of Cyrus. And he tells him, you know, now if he could just straighten out Ricky, you know, we'd we'd be all set. And then it kind of pans out and you just see everyone hugging or shaking his hand, like to thank Julian, like one at a time. And it's kind of awkward because again, it's... It's a lot of just, again, non-actors that don't know what they should be doing here. They're like, just, you know, if you have a chance, try to walk up and just thank them and walk away. So just kind of people standing there waiting and walking off. Yeah, there was one at the end where, like, I don't know if you guys caught it, but it was just as it was fading out into the next scene that... um It was just as it was fading out to the next scene. Somebody goes to give him a hug. Yeah. And then, like, he goes down to 
to go like this and they kind of do this like awkward like I don't know if they're supposed to hug each other or not. I don't know if you guys caught that or not. Yeah, no. so the person's back was to you and was like significantly short. I think it was a female. I wasn't 100% sure. I know exactly what Gordon's talking about. Should have been Corey and Trevor doing this and then leaving them hanging. Yeah. And um <laughs> from there it's like we get this kind of final chunk of the of, of this of the episode where it's nighttime and Julian's home sitting in his kitchen. And uh, like he's talking to the camera and telling them it's been a pretty good day, but now it's time to have some drinks and turn off the camera. But Ricky walks up to the window and tells him, you know, I have nowhere to stay. Uh, my dad's drunk and me and Lucy are over and asks if he can just sleep in the car. And Julian shuts the shade on him. Uh, like as he he's just talking. lowers the shade. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, thanks. thanks Julian. Julian. Close the window, just lowers yeah. the shade. Yeah. And then you kind of flash forward a little later and Julian sees uh, him still outside with nowhere to go. And he starts to feel bad for him. He says, you know, I said I'd stay away from him, but he's a good guy. And then Julian goes outside and like, Ricky's like, oh, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. He's like, no, no. And he hands him a bottle of vodka and a bag of uncooked (laughs) hot dogs. (laughs) Uncooked hot dogs. It's just bologna. It's true. They're they're pre-cooked. Yeah, but it's I was so like for all the weird things that have happened in this episode, handing him the uncooked hot dogs was like I was like, what just happened? What's going? I was so well, confused. It's an olive branch. I think it's just branch. also you have to realize, too, like this is a trailer park. This is like, a you know, a, a lower income place like hot dogs yeah. are probably like very prevalent there. They're cheap. There's a yeah. bunch of them in the pack and stuff like that. So I think They're they delicious. really got that part of the culture down pretty well. Yeah, they he eat a lot of hot dogs and, and uh, chicken nuggets. He could have, like, made. boiled a couple of them for him, though, and been like, hey, I made you a couple hot dogs. Even a microwave. Like, do something. Like hot dogs brought, and vodka. It's like he my, brought like, him uncooked. all that other stuff, all right? He did enough. It was like the, yeah, like, it was, it was an already open pack of hot dogs, like, in the Ziploc bag <laughs> that he just hands it. The, they the were whole, in the like, Ziploc the bag, which I liked. It's funny, though, because it's like, I don't know. That's probably, I mean, if you just grilled those or tried to half-ass cook them over a chimney fire we shouldn't have lit or something, like, that's just us hanging out at 20. You know what I mean? Like, what are you guys having for dinner tonight? Like, a vodka and hot dogs with no buns. Be like, cool, can I come over? <laughs> and, um... I wonder if it was, was Cyrus's hot dogs. Because they never see Julian go to any stores. It's, yeah, yeah, they were really Cyrus's or, uh, Corey or Trevor's. He tells him, like, he can sleep in the car for two nights. He also hands him a blanket. And like, that's the, you know, I'll give you, he's trying to, he, he doesn't want to help him. Like, cause his instinct originally was, I have to stay away from him now that we're out of jail, but he can't help it. So he's trying to do as little as possible. So we offers him two nights in the car and Ricky's like, yeah, yeah. Like no longer than two weeks. <laughs> his immediate <laughs> two rebuke weeks, is I like, yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. Ironically, that's his home for like most of the show. <laughs> I do appreciate, then, though, that he goes to his house and he's like, I've got no place to crash. Can you please help me out? Can I sleep in your car? <laughs> like, yeah. like, there's no negotiating there. Like, you at least, if you think you're going to end up in the car, you start with the couch. You know what I mean? Like, you try right. to see if you can get better. He's a man of simple needs. And, like, that last shot you get is Ricky just getting into the car and taking, like, a big swig from the bottle and just taking <laughs> a bite of one of the hot dogs. And I'm like, just a weird way to end that one. He should have got a hot dog toaster. Correct. That's true. He could have plugged into the um, cigarette lighter in the car. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I wonder what kind of hot dogs. All I could think of is that I'm sure they were like the worst level. Because like, look, hot dogs are pretty much lips, hooves, and assholes, no matter what. Like, they're not like yeah, they're the already best the worst <laughs> group of meat. But you can go really bad. One time we bought some called Bar S. Bar S. They're a dollar a pack. Yeah, because that's why we bought them because they're a dollar a pack. Not only did they taste bad, but like 20 minutes after making them, I was like, I don't feel that good. And then I broke out in hives. And everyone was like, what's going on? And we looked at the package and was like, may contain fish. And we're like, how the fuck can the hot dogs contain fish? And they did. And I got like a severe allergic reaction. Nobody knew what to do. Like my tongue swelled up. I had hives. Like luckily it wasn't shellfish or my fucking throat would have closed. But I was just, because you would never think like, well, the hot dogs shouldn't have fish in them. Like I shouldn't have to check for that. Right. I'm allergic to cinnamon. <laughs> How did Joe die? Uh, shellfish allergy to hot dogs. <laughs> How <laughs> sad would you be if the last bite of food you ever took was a bar ass hot dog? A ten cent <laughs> hot dog. <laughs> did you learn your lesson and not get cheap ass hot dogs from Imagine now on? Imagine the fact. Yeah, I did. I, I said at that point I'd rather buy good hot dogs than not have hot dogs. Yeah, you know, it's, it's zero or or good. I mean, this oh, was years get, ago. Like, we were very broke. You gotta get the boar's head or something like that. <laughs> get a good around. Fenway Frank. That's no, I get um, I get the Bump Hebrew National. I'm not a big hot dog guy, but uh, Hebrew Nathan's, National usually. I like the I like the natural casings. Um, the Nathan's yeah. are good, yeah. And I also I really do like dog. just like the ballpark Franks. Me yeah. too. I just you got to learn all beef is the only way to do it. Yeah, KM's good too. KM's good too. Local yeah, brand. And I do love that uh, for Boston people in the summertime when you drive over the. Uh, Tobin Bridge on a windy day, there's a good quarter mile stretch that just smells like hot dogs because the wind <laughs> takes it right from under yeah. the smokestacks. That's terrible. I, I love it. <laughs> I was like, ooh, hot dog mile. <laughs> for, for, for those of you who don't live in the area, too, um, <laughs> we grew up in an area where one of the biggest events in Boston every year is called the Hot Dog Safari, <laughs> where you buy a ticket and can eat unlimited hot dogs from you multiple You get to drive vendors. through and feed the hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. Is that something? <laughs> Watch out, honey. That's the that's the bar rest. Don't feed him. <laughs> Is that still a thing? I don't. No, Pandemic era. I don't, era, I don't so. know if yeah, there's with still COVID, who knows? hot dogs. Sorry. One day, I'm sure it'll come back. Also, I think one of the Phantom Gourmet guys went down. Like they died? <laughs> uh, not a prison guard, but I'm pretty sure he just said some shit he shouldn't have or did something he shouldn't have. He like said some shit, maybe. I don't know. Oh, so don't now the, the entire city of Boston can't enjoy unlimited hot dogs for a low-cost ticket? Look, I'm just saying, I don't remember exactly what happened, but when one of the organizers in a, of an event goes down like that... June 25th either... at Suffolk Downs. Yep, there it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. The hot dog it's, safari. It's back at Suffolk Downs? Yeah, because the track is still there. They, they took down the building and stuff, but... Uh, this oh. j- Just to double check, though, uh, and sorry for the... I guess we're, now it's a free promotion for hot dog safari for those of you who live in the Massachusetts <laughs> area. Uh, Nick, are you sure they just haven't updated the website in 15 years? Well... I'm I'm not sure because it doesn't give a date, but this okay. year, no, no, but this year's June 25th is a Saturday, so okay, okay. But quick question, Nick: the hot dogs will be there, but will Cigar's uniform be there? Because I <laughs> Cigar, that's a Cigar. Oh no, yeah. Here's the date: Saturday, June 25th, 2022, 12 to five. And what's the price? Uh, what is the price? It doesn't say. Maybe it's free. I doubt it. I'm all for giving money to charity and supporting things like that. I just feel like I don't know how many hot dogs you all could eat, but I don't think I could eat more than three. Like at that like point, like I said, I I've oh, gone, general admission but... is ten dollars. 
Depends okay, on that's, that's very good. That's the the beer lovers price of a hot dog. The beer lovers like package game. is forty eight dollars, uh, and you get early admission, three craft beers of your choice, uh, koozie, and unlimited bottle water during the festival. So you're basically paying fifty dollars for three beers <laughs> for three beers. Yeah. But oh, also, you get to come early so that by the time the kids come, you're handsy and drunk, <laughs> which is really what you want. Oh, okay. What? But, uh, yeah, I guess that's a good place to end off. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so that's Joe's, a- Joe's at the hot dogs of fire grabbing the wrong kind of wieners. <laughs> no, it's Joe Petto. <laughs> ten bucks. I could also get what eighty bar s hot dogs for ten bucks. So yeah. that's true. <laughs> also, if you just wanted three craft beers and you had fifty dollars in your pocket, you could probably get four craft beers for that same price. <laughs> Um, yeah, so in any event, uh, that concludes the first episode of Trailer Park Boys. I don't know much, like, I'm going into this again, this is the first time I've watched it, so I don't really have much to say in addition to what I've experienced. I've kind of asked my questions as we went along. For those of you who have watched it, and anything else you want to bring up before we get into our final, Nick, you were kind of stating your claims before about the show before you um, cancel. Like I said, I don't know how you're going to go, but, uh, give it a shot. Especially Joe. This is a very, very, very much a Joe show. I'm not sure about Jay. Jay, I mean, it is a foreign show technically, so Jay should hate it. Jay does I don't hate, hate foreign, foreign shows. shows. I don't do. You've only greenlit shows. one of them. Um, but yeah, no, like, it's also, like you said, Joe, I wish I could just, you said, um, I wish I could just start in season four. You kind of can. The continuity from episode to es- episode is not, like, super strict okay you're not gonna you're gonna miss like part it of like, isn't the in a season but not from season to season right yeah yeah um you'll miss something but if like you really wanted to just start season four episode one like i don't you're not gonna miss a whole lot and then when you make your way back around you'll get it more definitely give it a shot though because uh it, it's just it's fantastic all around all right so let's get into the green ladder cancel i'm gonna go in the order i see you guys in so nick I'm going to start with you. Cancel. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Obviously, this is a green light. Few shows bring me as much joy as this show does. I cannot separate this pilot from the rest of the series as well as I've tried to do with other shows I have seen. Um, but even having said that, I do think it's a good pilot. I do think you get a great idea of the characters. There's a lot of characters, and I think they do a good job of kind of giving you a good idea of all of them in a short amount of time. Just from the first episode alone, the hijinks, I want to see more of them. I want to see what other trouble these guys are getting into. Why are they going to jail so often? Um, What's the deal with Ricky's family? Do Julie and Ricky ever, you know, make amends and stuff like that? There's a lot in the episode that makes me want to keep watching and see what's going to happen with them. So it's an easy green light. I knew it was going to be a green light, but um, the pilot was better than I remembered it being. Actually, I didn't have high hopes for it. But uh, watching it again um, definitely revitalized my love for the show. Big green light. Ferg. So, yeah, like Nick said, this is a tough one to separate from the full thing. Like, this is a a great show. It becomes hilarious. Um, That being said, that's the reason we do this show is to show that some of the best shows have terrible pilots and some of the worst shows have good pilots. And I can't in good conscience uh, green light this one. I thought it was a bad pilot. It's really it's really off, and I don't know if I would have greenlit it if I didn't know the whole show. 
like it's almost like a reverse thing where I know how great it gets, so I'm giving this a harder time than it deserves. But like none of the the, the other, other people I love, you don't have Julian holding his booze the whole time. You don't got like you don't have drunk Leahy and and his relationships, which I won't go into. Um, it's just so much more. Like Bubbles isn't a main character, and it's confusing. And we went through a lot of stuff where it doesn't have the like. It's stuff that shouldn't have confused you guys, and it did. And that's not saying a good pilot if it can confuse people watching for the first time. So I'm going to cancel this show that I love so much, and it hurts. Joe, this is one of the first ones I've been going back and forth on so hard. Like I mentioned earlier, I wrote, like, is this supposed to be funny? And that doesn't mean it wasn't entertaining. I just didn't feel like it was a sitcom or that I was supposed to be laughing at certain points. And I had mentioned earlier that I thought it was very much like a Kevin Smith movie. It felt like Clerks, right? And then a minute ago, when I hit my microphone because I wanted to write down a note, is because what this felt like to me finally hit me. It feels like a trauma movie. And it feels like a trauma movie from around this time. Something like Terra Firmer, where they're doing like, it's low budget and the acting is bad and it's campy and some scenes are supposed to be funny. But if you stick with it, it gets you. You know what I mean? A bunch of people I really trust opinions love this show. You know, friends, family, people seem to love it. I don't think it's a great pilot because I think they throw too much at you. I'm going to watch it for sure. I think this very much is like The League, which was a show I picked, where people who hadn't seen The League, we were saying like, look, the pilot is not the best place to start off for this show. You have to watch a few episodes and it picks up and you get it. Um, And because of that, I'm actually, oh god, it's so hard. I'm gonna greenlight it because I feel like it's the league. I feel like I can tell that it's gonna be good from this pilot. I just don't quite understand it, but it's not stopping me from wanting to watch more of it. Is that, I don't know, this is the weirdest and most conflicted and longest greenlight I've ever had for a show, but I'm gonna greenlight it even though I just think it's kind of weird and not that funny, but I wanna see more. It's funny. I took the same path, but the opposite way. Yeah. Gordo. Uh, I think you guys kind of hit the nail on the head. This pilot doesn't have in it what makes the show the show. Doesn't have the interaction really between Ricky, Bubbles, and Julian, uh, the Mr. Leahy character, and um, Randy, and all that fun stuff. However, at one point, I watched this episode and plowed through the rest of the series. So there is something there that makes there's a it's a diamond in the rough. You can see it's going to be really good. And this, like I said, this pilot made me watch the series. So ultimately, I want to keep going, but I can see how everyone could go either way. So it's a green light for me. All right. So for me and my vote does not technically matter at this point because we do have three green lights. But I am going with Ferg and I have to cancel it. I'll say this. This is a show that I avoided for years. And people always talked about it. And I would see little clips and I'm like, I have no interest in watching this at all. Having now watched the first episode, it was not exactly what I expected it to be. And I can see how there are things to it that I might like. So I would be interested to maybe try another episode out if like... You guys were to say, if there's, listen, if you're going to watch one more episode, watch this one. And then maybe I'll give it a shot. 
but um, having just watched episode one, my desire to continue watching, had I not been suggested it by people, if I was just had caught it on television with no knowledge, I wouldn't want to really keep watching. There was just a lot of stuff that confused me. The only thing that really made me actually turn a little bit more towards it is when we started comparing it to Clerks and stuff. Then once I started drawing those comparisons, I was like warming up to it more as we talked about it. But the initial uh, impression watching episode one was just that, I don't know, I, I never really laughed at anything that was happening. There was a couple of lines I thought were fun, but it was really like, it felt like this was supposed to be sketches, like not a full show because the community access television aspect of it, the, the poor acting, the, 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 the deliveries, like it just didn't, didn't capture me in a way that I was like, this is a show I really need to like sink my teeth into just something that if it's on, it's on like not something I could really get invested in knowing it's fandom and suggestions. I'm not unwilling now having watched an episode to maybe give it another shot but based on the uh, the pilot alone i just i have to give it a cancel again we have three green lights um we talked about this before i i, I kind of think like for like nick for you to green light it i think is a lot like when you got on me for green lighting parks and rec and it's just one of those it is hard to remove yourself yeah i mean i can um, I, w- I can see how you could go like gordo said i can see how you could go either way on this show and like it's kind of like i and, and like Joe's green lights curious to me as well, because everything he said leaned towards canceling. And I think ultimately his decision to green light was really based on outside factors. And that's because Joe green lights, everything Joe green lights, almost everything. Yeah. <laughs> but, I love um, television yeah. so much. <laughs> so like, I think it was just like, just like he had just enough, just enough people tell him it will be good for him to have faith. But I think really, if you just go by this episode, maybe not so much, but, we're all independent thinkers and we're all allowed to vote as we choose. So congratulations to Trailer Park Boys. You do get the green light from us with a three out of five. So congrats on that. You live on to see another day. Uh, that's all the time we have for this week. So I do want to remind everyone, go to S1E1Pod.com. I don't think I stressed it enough at the top of this episode or at all. So go to S1E1Pod.com. That is where you find all the links to where to listen to us and all our social medias. Please rate, review, subscribe, do all that stuff. It means a lot to us. We say it every week. Spread the word. If you like the show, repost something we put out. Let people know. Let your friends know. Suggestions. Word of mouth goes a long way. Just like Joe greenlighting this because all his friends told him he'd like it. If you like this show, tell other people about it. Maybe they'll like it too. It's Um, because it reminds me of Terror Firmer. (laughs) So uh, so that's it, guys. That's, That's all we have. Thank you. Catch you next week. Goodbye. I don't think we got the best Tommy Dreamer. <laughs>